This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. No one understands you or the gifts you have to offer better than you. This is your life. Whatever path you find yourself on, know that it is yours to choose. Valeria Tellez interviews Anna Gauker, the author of Don't Ask Permission to Fly. Anna Gauker has been raising eyebrows and exceeding expectations her entire life. Born in 1986 with a genetic disability that, when diagnosed at eight months, prompted doctors to inform her parents she would not likely live past age two. While Anna's physical disability requires her to use a sophisticated motorized wheelchair, she is continuing to successfully push the limits everywhere she goes. After completing her master's degree in rehabilitation psychology, Anna began her career in social services to pursue employment and quality of life solutions on behalf of people with disabilities. She continues this work today while also bringing her message of empowerment to a wider audience through her leadership podcast, Lead the Way with Anna Gauker, and now her first book titled Don't Ask Permission to Fly, available on Amazon in ebook and paperback. In it, she shares stories about her life and lessons she's learned from others underscoring the fundamental truth that each of us is meant to find our own path, focusing on our unique qualities and doing what we can to cultivate new skills. That is how we will soar. Meet Anna at AnnaGauker.com. Here is the interview with Anna Gauker. In your own words, who is Anna Gauker? I am someone who's always exploring myself and what qualities I have to offer the world. I think it's been a really intense, ongoing process throughout my life to figure out how I fit into this world and how I can best serve other people and use my unique experiences to benefit others. So that's just a constant journey for all of us. And I've tried to use my unique experiences to help others in that same journey. My next warm-up question is the definition of true leadership. How would you define that, Anna? Well, I think the key to that is the word you used, 
true. So seeking out truth and figuring out what that is in every context and honoring it, even when it's not popular. But it will help serve everyone in the long run. And another question is about success. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? That's a really good question. I think it's different for everyone. And for me, like I've always known that living independently on my own and working in a job that I feel uniquely gifted at, those are the two things. I've always been working towards, and um, I think that that's just who I am, and so that's what I'm always striving for. Yeah. What insights have you gained from the events in 2020? Uh, (laughs) Well, I think just like everyone in the world 2020 prompted me to do a lot of self exploration and figuring out how how is the world prompting me to use my skills to serve other people better and as a person with a disability I see a lot that needs to be improved upon in terms of support and there's some issues that I'm actively looking to address and 2020 definitely helped me understand that those aspects of our society really can't be ignored any longer and I need to do my part. I love how you keep coming back to these uh, recognition and using developing unique gifts, our unique gifts and unique ways to express ourselves in the world and also finding a way to serve others with those talents. I absolutely love that. And with that in mind, I have some questions for you about purpose. And the first one is an open question about the purpose of life. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience? I think that's the thing I'm always trying to figure out myself. So I think that I have felt very strongly my whole life that I'm here to serve some bigger thing and to complete a task of some sort and I'm constantly trying to figure out what that is. I feel like there's been too many times in my life where things have just come into place at the very last second and the fact that I was born to a mother who happens to have a degree in special education and she had that before I was born and she happened to work in a nursing home um, 
where little kids with disabilities lived and their parents didn't know what to do with them. So they took them to this nursing home and she had that exposure in her life before I even arrived. I knew that she would want to do things differently if she had kids who also had a disability. And then, hello, here I am. And it's just like there's too many unusual things that happened that make me feel like I'm supposed to do something with my life and not just survive it. Talk to me about the purpose of your life, your unique gifts. What are they? I think it's my perspective. And I talk about that quite a bit in the book, just that I have gone through life as someone who has not the typical experience. I was partially homeschooled and partially in public school throughout my childhood. We had a special arrangement with our school district so that me and my brother could be in the classroom as much as possible. But also we had the option of being home and doing homeschooling whenever necessary. So in different instances like that, I've been able to kind of see the world a little bit differently and see how people can be extra compassionate. And I've seen the best that humans have to offer. And I've also seen how people who are marginalized in our society can be disregarded and ignored and not treated with respect. And I've always seen that as an important aspect in becoming a good leader and growing and understanding how we interact with each other and how we all need to do better. Yes, absolutely. We need some grow up to do. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Another question I have for you about purpose is how do we know when we are living that purpose? What are some signs? Well, I think, first of all, uh, we sleep better knowing that we are filling our days with what is meaningful to us when things are not in place and we are not honoring our true nature and using the skills that we have. It's such an unsettling feeling and there's kind of a dread to the day. I think that when I've been in that kind of a situation, sometimes I can't or I couldn't sleep 
because I just didn't want the next day to come. And I knew it was going to come so much faster if I just slept through the night and got through um, what I needed to do. So those are my past experiences with knowing when I'm not living in my purpose. Yeah, I can relate to that for sure. What are some of the greatest misconceptions about disability from your perspective? I think there's a lot of them, but I think that the most critical thing for people to understand is people with disabilities, that's such a diverse group. There's so many different types of disabilities. And also, I think that people who fit into that category also feel differently about it themselves. There's a wide variety of how people identify with that term disability. Not everyone really embraces it, which is why I think it is so important to have open, just genuine conversation. Um, I think that people in general are really sensitive and not wanting to offend anyone, and that's such a kind thing, but it also can hinder interaction. Mm-hmm. If someone comes up to me and they don't know how to approach me yeah. and they don't want to offend me, then oftentimes that could lead that person to not even look at me, mm-hmm. to not want to approach me at all because they don't want to say or do the wrong thing. So I think that the big thing for everyone to understand is that people with disabilities are all different and unique and have different experiences, but also it's it's not the end of the world if you say or do the wrong thing as long as you're treating someone with respect and just asking, you know, approaching someone saying, do you want me to help you open the door? Are you okay? You know, that's fine. I think that people often just want to be acknowledged. My next warm-up question is about happiness. What is happiness to you, Anna? Uh, (laughs) Well, I, I think that that's something that everyone needs to just decide every day. I think that happiness is a choice. It's something that you can find in your everyday life or you can choose to run away from it. And when we're in tough times, happiness can be a 
real struggle, but it's always there and it's always possible. We just have to choose to seek it out. Yes, a thousand times to that, to that uh, openness, awareness, so we are able to see the choices. Who or what has been your greatest inspiration in life? That's definitely my mom. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of women I look up to, but she's definitely the person who's been the energy behind a lot of my accomplishments and the person who's taught me to be defiant and respectful at the same time. What do you love most about being in a human body or about life in general? Well, I think that I, uh, so I have a dog and she uh, teaches me a lot about life and why I also like being a human and um, sometimes, yeah, I think we have a real connection, but I, I think that being a human is just like, I think getting dressed up and being in that self-care is kind of how I honor my body the most and I think that yeah it can be a real struggle to be a human sometimes and I sometimes feel an adversarial uh, association with my body but I try to resist that and know that if I'm breathing, then my body is honoring me. So I should definitely return the favor. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, as for being struggle, being a human being, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> All of us can relate to that for sure. Do you believe in unconditional self-love? I think that's really our only option. I mean, the relationship we have with ourselves is the most significant relationship we're ever going to have. And the way we treat ourselves is going to translate into how we treat other people. So there's just no other option. Yeah. Uh, a billion percent. I agree. I love your wisdom. Thank you. Yes. What is the meaning of freedom to you? What is to be free? In the book, I talk a lot about how people, how other people perceive us and the impact that can have on how we see our selves and that we need to separate 
the two. So I need to understand myself and connect to my strengths and my unique qualities if I'm going to live my purpose and pursue what it is I was put on this earth to do. And when we let other people invade our own perceptions of ourselves, then that's a real betrayal. And it's going to lead down a very bad path. So I think that being able to have true self-reflection and understanding is freedom. And I wonder what are the obstacles to that for so many of us? Would you say comparison, social media? Yeah, what gets in the way of that deeper self-understanding? Well, I think we're all social creatures. Yeah. Being a human, it's so normal to want to have the approval of others, whether it's important people in our lives or just that validation from strangers and being able to signal to other people in various ways like the way we dress or the car we drive or whatever it is we want to uh, portray ourselves in a certain light and that's normal but if we let it become so powerful then it can dictate the you know, whole future, we can choose career paths based on what other people might think of us and choose life partners based on what other people might feel or the relationships that can lead to. So I think that starting with a true sense of self and knowing who I am, what I have to offer, what is success to me, then that and that's the first step in the true free life. Do you have any spiritual practice, Anna? Because self-understanding, this self-reflection, to me, is one of the highest forms of spiritual practices. Do you consider that a spiritual practice? My spiritual practice is always evolving. Um, I think that just quiet time is essential for everyone. And I definitely need a little bit of that every day in order to process all the things that are happening and what I've done that day and that helps me kind of prioritize 
what I intend to do with the next day. So I would say that's spiritual, but it's also just essential for me understanding myself and how the events of the day have affected me and what I need to do. You wrote the book, Don't Ask Permission to Fly. I love that. It's so inspiring and puts a smile on my face. Uh, although it's really a challenge to say no, still for me, um, creating boundaries. Two initial questions. How did you become a writer? And what was the inspiration and intention of writing this book? Well, it came about really gradually. I was in my first job and I wrote a blog for that job about employment and working as a person with a disability. And after I left, I read some of the essays I'd written and decided to make a book out of it. But in that process, I ended up editing and transforming the old essays. And I wrote more essays and turned it into the book that came out at the end of last year. And the end product really turned out to be something that I think everyone can relate to. It's not about employment and people with disabilities. There is one essay that talks a bit about that, but it's much more about my journey in being someone who is unique and has always understood that I'm very unique and my struggle and my successes along the way in trying to figure out how my unique features and strengths and limitations can help serve more people. And talk to me for a moment about your podcast, Lead the Way with Anna Galger. Yeah, it was 2018 when I ran for local office here in Wisconsin. And that was a whirlwind experience in itself. And after the race was over, I really felt like I wanted to encourage more people who maybe don't see themselves as leaders to rethink that whole concept of leadership and how they can be a leader in whatever they do and really re-examine themselves and also how they can make an impact wherever they are. 
do you still do it? The podcast is still on? Yeah. So that's great to um, know. Yeah, we have uh, mostly I interview people who are leaders in Wisconsin. Yeah. But we talk about topics that are very relevant everywhere. So we will eventually probably branch out and I'll interview people outside of Wisconsin. But yeah, I've learned a lot and I hope that I've helped the audience learn a bit about how they can be a leader even if they're not in front of a crowd. What are some of the qualities, the main qualities leaders possess, Anna? Well, I think it's what we've been talking about is the first component that's so important, which is self-understanding. That's the first thing that needs to be in a leader. And also empathy and curiosity. Those are some of the most critical elements, I would say. In your book, you say, you say, you write, giving into internal negativity makes us hostages to our own imaginations. So I have a question for you about um, how do we learn to deal with negative self-talk? And also talk to me for a moment about the mindset of if only, which is, um, I was laughing at that too. <laughs> yeah, that essay was a lot about me in the process of writing the book and not really knowing what the end product was going to look like yet. I didn't quite know how it was going to fit into helping other people and I was really struggling with, you know, it just, it feels really self-indulgent when you're not someone who writes for a living to say, like, yeah, I'm writing a book. Like, I mean, it's not what I do for a living. I have a podcast that I do that is also a passion project for me. But when I would approach this idea of writing a book. It was just something that I couldn't quite figure out how that was going to help other people. And am I just indulging myself and trying to find the time to do it? You know, you start to think like, what am I doing? I'm staying up really late writing this book, but like, is anyone gonna read it? And am I just writing it for myself? You know, like, there's so many things that I would tell myself, but also when you ask me 
about negative self-talk, there has to be the opposite. Like, whatever you're telling yourself that's so negative, you have to realize in that moment that the opposite of whatever you're telling yourself, which is a, what was it? Like, no one it says in that essay, um, can you read the quote again? Yes, yeah. You say, giving into internal negativity makes us hostages to our own imaginations. Right, exactly. So just understanding that the worst possible thing that you're telling yourself is not a fact, and you have to lean into the fact that um, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I really felt like maybe I was wasting my time some nights, and maybe it was just going to be something that no one would see benefit from. But then I would think there's so many people who influence me in a positive way through their own projects, through the books that I read, that, of course, like, there's going to be some, like, benefit to others, even if I don't even know the person. Like, someone's going to come across my writing and it's going to have an impact on them. Um, another, the mindset of if only, is this also the idea of waiting to be happy in the future? Right, exactly. Um, yeah, the concept of that essay, it was a lot about like not feeling worthy at one time of my own aspirations and wanting to make use of my experiences for other people, but really kind of struggling through the writing process in a really uh, awkward way and having to resist all those negative thoughts that I would have about myself or my ideas as I was writing them. I think that for a lot of people, writing is therapeutic. They just get their ideas on the page and it kind of comes together. And for some of the time, I was really finding that I was having to battle my own inner negative self-talk in order to get the words on the page and then really kind of figuring out why am I telling myself like that no one's going to benefit from this when I have experiences that so many people have and um, struggling to figure out my own strengths and then identifying where 
I can thrive and help more people. That's a process everyone goes through. And the more transparent I can be in my own struggle and my own diligence to move forward is ultimately going to benefit someone. You also wrote something that I absolutely love. No one understands you or the gifts you have to offer better than you. This is your life. Whatever path you found yourself on, know that it is yours to choose. I love that. Absolutely love that. And it's so, so true. You also say, I have realized more and more that supporting my values can only happen when working in unison with my friends and allies. And that goes back to connectivity, everything that you speak about, uh, learning about your unique gifts, your uniqueness, and embracing that and learning how to serve others by using them, utilizing them. So I love your message. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. I have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything? No, I'm just so glad that this worked out for us to have this conversation. I'm really excited and so glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for your presence. And my two last questions are, if you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? Well, I probably wouldn't bother to eat anything healthy <laughs> yeah. anymore. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, I'm so alive. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, we talked before about honoring the body and that's one thing I try to do. I'm trying to cut down on sugar which is just like the hardest thing ever for me. So I would definitely throw that goal out the window. (laughs) Yeah. Would that be the only thing, the only change? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that, you know, there's just certain people I would want to connect with and I would hope to really focus on the positive aspect. If I were to know for a fact I was going to die at a certain time and place, I would hope that I would choose not to dwell on that scary aspect and just focus on my, well, now I know this is what's going to happen. So what am I going to do with this amount of time and really treasure that? Yes. Yeah. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? What I know for sure is that we have a very limited amount of time that every day is important to use wisely 
friend that I'm here for a specific purpose. And it's my job to actively be figuring out what that is and use this time in that, in service of that. Thank you so much, Anna, for your sharing your wisdom, for your beautiful presence, um, your work, and everything else in between. It's just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. This is so fun. Yeah, I call it spiritual fun, but yeah, fun, fun. I do have one more question for you. This is a technical one. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? In com. Wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you. Bye for now, Anna. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Anna Gauker and her work, please visit AnnaGauker.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.